Welcome to a new and even more sparkling edition of the Thought Police in even the company. More, uh, even even, more. even I know it's hard to believe that. Careful it Careful with the promises. Well, you know, I never, I've never broken a promise in my life, and if you believe, if you believe that, <laughs> I've got some swamp lad in Florida to sell you. He's Matt Kelly. I'm Mike Graham. Uh, this is the Thought Police. This is a big week, uh, and obviously later on in the week we'll talk a bit more about why it's such a big week because I don't want to, you know, sort of um, shoot the gun too early, as it were, <laughs> if I'm not going to be uh, sort of held up for using bad language on uh, on a podcast but uh, but there's been a lot of interesting stuff going on uh, in the last couple of days particularly sort of around the media yeah. right because uh, i was on talk radio um yesterday talking about the bbc and how they managed to make a complete blunder which yeah. is almost unforgivable really for a national and international television company where they mistook lebron james Incredible. for kobe bryant now yeah. if you were to be uncharitable you would say there's somebody inside the bbc who thinks that all black basketball players look the same yeah but he clearly, even had his name on the back of his He had shirt. his name, James, on the back. Yeah. I mean, how does that happen? It's bad, isn't it? Wasn't there something that they did recently as well that they got completely wrong, the uh, BBC? I can't remember. Certainly. There was, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, there was. They apologised for... It was something on... Wasn't it politics uh, on... Uh, anyway. Yeah, we'll I think it was. It, yeah. But, but you know, it's hard to imagine. I mean, I haven't worked for a television news company, so I don't know how they put together the news at 10, yeah. but I'm pretty certain that they must have a similar editing process I mean, that we have happen. in radio. Mistakes happen, don't they? But Mistakes do happen, but I mean... You have to say it's a bad... It, 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 it's something you would double-check, isn't it? Because, well, you would think. Precisely because of that yeah. accusation. That, well, exactly. You know, you've just mixed up the only two black basketball yeah. players. Well, know. imagine if the Daily Mail had done it. You yeah. know, you'd never hear the end of it from the Mind BBC, you, would you? I saw a Daily Mail caption the other day, oh, yeah. which was astonishing to me. It was a picture of LeBron James on the air, at the uh, t- on the tarmac, having just found out that uh, Kobe Bryant was dead, and he's crying and, mm. and he's hugging a f- the friend who's just told him. Okay. And the caption on the photo was LeBron James caught hugging another man. Caught uh, hugging. Caught hugging. Goodness yeah. me. I mean, it's like, isn't that a bit homophobic? Well, I would have thought so. Well, because you're not caught hugging, hugging anyone. I mean, the guy just, he's just hugging somebody. One of his best mates was yeah. Dead. I mean, the trouble with captions, though, mm. is that captions can be quite tricky areas, right? They can. And you've been in sub-editing and production yeah. for a lot of your journalistic life. I mean, I remember seeing some of the most ridiculous things being written, and they were always captions. Yeah. You know, you know the second most read... The f- so in the order that you read things in mm. the newspaper, you read the headline first, right. then you look at the photo and then you read right. the caption before yeah. the introduction, yeah. before the intro. Well, I can see that. I mean, yeah. one of the things that we do and, and, and have done in, in our past of, of designing newspapers is that, you know, you have a picture and the, the picture is used in a particular way. Yeah. I mean, I was always taught, for example, uh, by a mutual friend of ours, that the worse the picture is, the bigger you blow it up. Yeah, and that, no, way, that's right. that's and that right. way people will look at it. They won't care that it's yeah. not a very good picture, but they'll look at the size of it and go, blimey, Gosh, that's very important. Yeah, that's so right. therefore I'm looking at it. But I remember things would happen, like, for example, <laughs> where you'd get, you know, a tree yesterday. <laughs> You know, and you go, is that, there you was know. one on the front page of the mirror once said a banana yesterday. Yeah, because yeah. there are some sub-editors <laughs> who, who I'm sure you've known in the past, in yeah. your time, um, who are very pedantic. Yes. Ridiculously pedantic. Well, there, there were some who could work absolute magic with a caption. Yes. And I remember a guy called Pat Welland on the, yes, on I the mirror. Yes, I remember Pat, yeah. And Pat... He was a great guy. He was an amazing, yeah. amazing journalist. And yeah. He, but he was, he was like... A sub-editor, he was like a sub-editor's sub-editor. Yes. Know, he was absolutely measured and brilliant. But one of his most important jobs was writing the captions on page three. Yeah. It was quite often just a picture and a caption. Right. And Pat could get 
the world into about 60 words. Yes. You know, he was amazing. Yeah. It, I mean, and that is a massive, massive skill. Yeah. Because one of the things that you notice now, for me anyway, with online journalism, is that you'll sometimes log into a story and it just doesn't stop. No, I mean, right. it's like reading one of Ian Dunt's um, explanations, <laughs> right? I have to say, you know, I've got nothing against Ian Dunt. I've yeah. met him a few times, yeah. you know. But I don't think he likes me, I don't know. Um, but he's the guy that does the... Is it Romaniacs he yeah. does the podcast? He put yeah. out a tweet the other week um, <laughs> about... This is an explanation of, um, you know, how the Brexit trade deal is going to work. And I, li- I, 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 I have no idea how many words it was, but it was probably about 20,000 on a... <laughs> In a tweet, right? And it was just one... It was like one of those Julian Moore ones. It just went These on threads. and on like a thread, right? Did it end up with a fox getting Well, I couldn't get... Well, it probably... <laughs> I, I mean, I was thinking of beating myself to death so I didn't have to finish it. But it was literally like... How is anybody even interested in any of this? It's I, just I, I, so minute. I, quite, I know what you mean about Ian, but I do like most of his tweets because he's very kind of... He's quite foul-mouthed, which I don't mind. Yeah. It, yeah, but when he gets into this long... And then at the end, I went all the way to the end without reading to the end, but yeah. he, he credited about eight people that he'd interviewed <laughs> for the piece, and I'm going, life's yeah. too bloody short, mate. Yeah. You know, you need to you know get a hobby. Not the right platform, is it? It's just not... It's just... You just the obsession yeah. should should end, and I know we're not yeah. talking about that in, in this particular uh, episode, but, yeah. but, you know... There was the other weird thing that happened around Kobe Bryant's death where a reporter from the Washington Post was suspended. Yes. Right. Because she put out or retweeted, I think, um, a story from a few years ago when he was accused of raping someone. That's right. And you think to yourself, and I see the Washington Post said, oh, uh, we've we've suspended her because uh, she may have been in violation. We're trying to work out if she was in violation of social media policy. I mean, even even if it was a true story, yeah. Um, and at the moment, I'm not sure that it is a true story. Which because, the yeah. Oh no, it's absolutely. Is it true. a true story? Yeah, 100. percent Okay. He, and he paid her off. Right. The yeah. story that he paid her off. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that you know people get paid off, don't they? Yeah. But he said he did come out afterwards and apologised to her and said right. I na- something like, "I now understand and accept that she saw that incident very differently than I yes. did." Yes. Okay. So it, it, as far as he was concerned, it wasn't rape. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Some... You know, well, that's, but that's yeah. quite a, a nuance, yeah, 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 that, though, yeah, yeah. because it means that... I don't that... think the story did say it was rape. I think No, story... that he was accused of rape. Yes. I think, yeah. is the story. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that when you get an ac- accusation like that, um, you know, it may well be that he's paid her off. Yeah. It may well be that he pays her off for a, diff- a lot of different reasons. I've no idea, yeah. because like a lot of these stories, you never really know. All I'm saying yeah. is, is that it's a pretty tasteless thing to put yeah, out. Uh, is it what? not? I, like, the no, moment that he's... It's very tasteless, and it's callous, you know. But... I was a bit surprised that the Washington Post suspended their journalist. Really? It wasn't a Washington Post story. No. She'd just tweeted it yeah. from, I think it was the Daily Beast. Yeah. And, you know, it was a three and a half... She didn't... I don't think she tweeted it with any comments or anything like that. No. She just put it out there. Right. And she then went on to argue on Twitter, well, all right, you know, I appreciate the guy's dead and the timing is is, is awkward yeah. and horrible, but you've got to remember everybody yes. in their fullness. Well, yeah, yeah, but I think the point about that is that the timing is actually everything. You know, yeah. for example, if it was today um, and it was maybe, um, you know, this afternoon in the Evening Standard and I read an obituary yeah. about Kobe Bryant and it included that story, yeah. that would be different. Yeah. Whereas I well, think if you're... Do, yeah. yeah, and if that's part of his yeah. life, then fine. Yeah. But I don't think you do it literally as the smoke is still coming out of the the, the, the field in, in uh, yeah. you know, in, in, in Malibu. I mean, it's not... 
I agree with you. The timing was was rubbish, but I was mm. surprised that a news organisation should suspend a reporter for tweeting a news story about a guy yeah. in the news. Yeah. I mean, I suppose we'll have to find out what it is that their media policy is. Yeah. Um, because I don't. Th I think that's one of the biggest problems with the new media and with the social media landscape. Yeah. That nobody really knows what the policy so is. I had a policy at the Mirror, and uh -huh. I sort of extended it to Archon, which was the Twitter policy was, it's your account, but right. don't be a dickhead. Right. right. Which how did that go for you? It went very well. <laughs> unfortunately, I wish I'd stuck to it myself. Well, unfortunately, it's a it's a flat it's a platform yeah. which encourages dickheadedness. It does, you know. And I've myself, yeah. as I've said to you before, fallen foul of yeah. that. I try not to be quite such a dickhead now as I, I used can't to be. Bear it. No, honestly, I know. I've it said is... it before. Once you're off it, it's like it doesn't exist. It's I right. actually put out a tweet um, last night because there's, there was a bit of Ramona activity going on, and I just said, <laughs> look, if anybody wants to know the answer to the question. What what are the three benefits of Brexit? You know, you know. Basically, they are these. I'm not going to have to listen to you anymore. Yeah. I'm not going to have to talk to you anymore, <laughs> and I'm not going to have to argue with you anymore. I thought you that's were it. Take control of our money, our laws, well, exactly. and our borders. Well, the thing is, and I just said, look, I'm not actually interested in now having any conversations about yeah. it. So I'm not going to. And people just do it. Incessantly. Some yeah. people are on Twitter for like ten hours in a row. Yeah. And you look back and you go, you're still doing it. You're there's still going. Massive, there's a massive risk. What is that, going on? That some uh, remainers, you know seem like those Japanese soldiers stuck on the on the forest, you know, just oh, yeah. never realised that the war is over. Well, Adonis, that, Lord Adonis is still yeah. saying that he thinks that the bulk of this country wants to remain. Well, um, that may be a fact. And and he doesn't want to spend any 50 pence pieces that have got wording on them that, that he Alistair doesn't like. Campbell, that was Campbell, wasn't it? I no, it was Adonis first. Was it? Well, Campbell said Campbell that. agrees with him. Campbell said if he goes to a news agent and he gets a 50p piece, yeah. one of them, he'll, he'll ask for two 20s and a 10 pence. Yeah. Well, I would I wouldn't give them to him. I'd say you get you take the money as you're given it. It's coin of the realm. I thought he, he thought you told me he was getting over it. Well, I think everyone's getting over it. I mean, <laughs> even Andrew Adonis, I think, uh, who you know has fought harder than most you yeah. know, for uh, yeah and lost for the remain and lost. Yeah. but he accepts that. Uh, I mean, he's a bloke who's never been elected, by the way. Yeah, no, I know, but that see, to me, right, we've had this argument yeah. before, and to me, the idea that he isn't a career politician but yeah. has has lent his talents, which are many, I think, mm. to successive governments, you know, and now is a, you know, a real stand-up member of the House well, he's of Lords. he's been paid he for turns it, up, Yeah, but he turns up and he does a job and, you know, he's yeah, not but like then, but Since when was turning up and doing your job no, but, something to be praiseworthy? Well, I mean, in the context of a lot of Lords who don't turn up and don't yeah. do their jobs, right. it is, but nevertheless, he... Whatever you think of his views, he's out there and he's working Oh, hard. listen, he he's... He's, he he's taught the entire He's country. got a very thick skin. I must say. I don't know whether he has or not. I know him a little bit. Yeah. And I think he probably is as human as anyone, you know, and probably gets affected by abuse online. Mm. But, he, you know, he believes in what he believes mm. in very, very strongly. Yeah. And if we've come to the point where we're saying people shouldn't say what they think anymore because mm. it's not the majority consensus, then, yeah. then I think that's... Oh, I don't think that's crazy. what anybody's saying. I just yeah. think that the kind of obsessiveness yeah. probably should yeah. disappear because I don't think yeah. that's very healthy for well, anybody. Well, you're definitely... You're right in saying that. I think some people, and I'd include myself in this, have got crossed a line at mm. times when you look at it and you think, oh, God. You know, and I remember talking to Campbell when yeah. I 
famously crossed the line yeah. in, in Mopgate. Yeah, yeah. And Alistair saying... Is that the name of it now? <laughs> I didn't realise it had Mopgate, a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and he said, well, that, you know, it often happens when people are campaigning for mm. stuff. You go too far, you yeah. get carried away. So yeah. that's human as well. You well, know? I mean, the thing I have at least noticed is he's, he's referred, reverted his Twitter account back to his own name. He hasn't got anything stupid on it. You know, like <laughs> Alistair People's Vote Campbell or whatever else it became. And did he not pretend to be the Prime Minister or something at one moment? And then oh, he realised that he? was wrong. Right. Yeah, he put... He, he changed it to Boris Johnson and oh, started tweeting out oh. a load of foul oh, abuse um, <laughs> when he clearly not had any How sleep or something. Notice? Well, I know, that's yeah. the trouble. Talking of um, abuse, that girl from the Washington Post apparently yeah. um, got terrible like abuse and death threats. Death threats. And and stuff death like threats. Yeah. I mean, what is wrong it's with nuts. people? People have gone mad. Yeah, but I mean... This is why. Do you think they were mad before Brexit, or is Brexit yeah, just no? I th- yeah, it? no. I think social media has has kind of amplified the madness. Because yeah. if you remember, I was going to ask you back to our days in newspapers about great mistakes that were made. You know, because we could talk, of course, about the uh, the fake pictures scandal. Yeah. Because uh, I was in America when that happened, right? Um, and I've always believed that that at the very least, peers must have known that those pictures were fake. No way. Are you no sure? No way, 100%. Because they, I took one look at them. I, yeah. I, I got on the plane, yeah. right, and I was flying back to London, yeah. and I was still working for the Mirror, I think, in those yeah. days, in Scotland. And um, I saw them reproduced in the Daily Express, and as soon as I looked at them, I thought, they don't look right. Well, my dad phoned me the morning, that morning they yeah. were printed and said, there's something not right about that Yeah, photo. they were too clear, right? Yeah. They were was, far too professional-looking yeah, yeah, yeah. for it to have been taken on somebody's well, phone. Well, I can give you the backstory on okay, that, then. because I was, I was editor, the features editor at the time, yeah. right, and... The news desk had those photos. They'd yeah. come by those photos right. from this military, these two military people right. who was who had stitched us up. Right. We later found out. Right. Although I'll caveat all of this by saying that that what those photos showed happened. Oh for yes, sure. There's no you know, question. The no, listen. I will say to it, and I will defend Piers Morgan to yeah. the ends of the yeah. earth, not yeah. just because he's our friend, yeah. but because he was a great boss. He was a great editor. Correct. Um, and you know, as he said at the time. It was a depiction of something that actually yeah. happened. Yeah. So, well, I think... Um, so, at conference, morning conference, for days and days and days, the news editor was saying, we've got these photos, mm. and no-one really knew what he right. was talking about because only he and Piers... Because very few people them. saw them, right, even up to yeah. the end. And to be honest with you, I'd sort of got bored of trying to understand what these photos right. were, and it would come up... And then eventually, I, I was off. Yeah. Uh, and then they were published... I was always off when they made a huge mistake. You well, you it see, you shouldn't take so much time off. I've <laughs> yeah. often said this about you, Matt. Yeah. You know, you've got to stay in the office. Yeah. You know, talk about Lord of Dollars. You've yeah. got to earn the crust. You're right. And you've got Absolutely to turn right. up I'm and do turn, what you're I'm supposed to do. I'm going to turn up a bit more. Yeah. But anyway, they were published. Mm. And then, of course... And when famously, did you first see them then? That morning? That morning, yeah. And what did you think? It didn't occur to me that... I think when you're in the newsroom, you sort of... Well, that, I think that was the problem with the mm. whole thing, was yeah. that... You want to believe it, don't you? you yeah. Know, you want to believe it. I don't think. I don't think there were enough checks done. Right. And because I, I think, you know, had we taken them to a friendly expert, yes, in military intelligence mm. or something like this, and they'd looked forensic forensically yeah. at the photo, right. Then at some point they'd have said those vans, those uh, trucks weren't used yeah. in the desert. Yes. So, and which was the defining... Is that, that, was well, the, that was the defining it was the, thing? It, you could tell by the sort of ribs on the side right. of the truck okay. that it was, I think it was a Bedford So truck. what was the deal with the guys that sold you the picture then? Were they just interested in making money? What was no, their deal? No, I don't... I honestly, to this day, I've got no idea. Mm. I think the news editor would know. Yeah. Connor. Um, yes. And Piers will say. Well, he was know. one of the ones who was in the in the inner circle, wasn't he, in yeah. terms of the one, that, one of the yeah. ones that saw it. Because I think the other thing that people forget 
about newspapers and about mistakes that get made is that there's so much going on. Oh, um, and you are, you are in a position where you have to make a, a, a split-second yeah. decision effectively at yeah. some point or another, yeah. right, um, about whether a story's right. And I was, um, we didn't get this particular story wrong, but I thought I was going to have to lose my job over this, right? This was when uh, I was at the Express and I was, I was, I'd just been made night editor. Yeah. Um, and or I maybe had just been made deputy night editor. Or something. But anyway, it was a Friday night and I was in charge of the paper. And it was an early kickoff, you know, because they had to go because they had the magazines and everything. So we had to be off stone at something like six o'clock with the first edition. Yeah. And at about half past five, quarter to six, we got the story through about the um, the Canadian DJ who prank called the Queen. Yes. Do you remember, remember that? that? Yeah. And so, of course, the news desk were going absolutely mad. This is great, you know. And I'm going. And what I should have said was, well, we can't put that. We can't get that in the first edition. It's just not going to happen. But because I was less experienced, perhaps than than others, yeah. I decided to wait for the story. Right. Right. And of course, at about quarter past six, I was getting phone calls from the press people down in um, was down in sort of uh, yeah. West Ferry, I think it Same was, where they used to get saying, if you don't get the paper to us in the next five minutes, it's not it's not going to come out. Really. And I'm like, what? Because I was like, every you just thought there's a certain yeah. elasticity of production. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no, because we've got to print like another paper, yeah. you know, in about an hour. Yeah. And they were printing The Independent or something. That's right. Um, I said, well, well, you fucking have to just wait for it. And they're like, no, mate, <laughs> no, we, won't. You don't, we won't wait for it. And if you miss your slot, the paper yeah. ain't going to come out. And I don't know what that's going to do for your career, but it's not going to be pretty. Uh, uh, and I'm going, oh, Christ, you know. <laughs> And I eventually got it to them about 25 minutes later. Yeah. So it was much later than it should yeah. have been. It didn't go horribly wrong. I was expecting to come in on the Monday yeah. and be literally not only bollocked, but charged and, and made yeah. to pay for some ludicrous amount of money because <laughs> it had all gone horribly wrong. And nobody said a word. That's brilliant. Nobody said well, anything. But you'd had those sleepless nights. But I'd had yeah. the sleepless nights Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. We, got the, we got it in as a splash, you yeah. know. We did it up as a one four five. I, I mean, at least I had the sense to only do it and turn it into two. But at least yeah. we got it on the front page. Because yeah. um, it's one of those businesses, and imagine if that had been wrong. Yeah. Imagine if the story's just uh, been a load of bollocks. I've never had so many sleepless nights in my life yeah. as I have when I was late night editing the Mirror. Yeah. When you you were the last guy in charge, and you you know and stuff always happens. Stuff always happened, and I always loved. I was changing I, it, I got you know? put in charge when I was like the third man, so I was late night editor. I think on the Express. That was how I first started. Yeah. And the Oklahoma bomb went off. Yeah. And I was like. Christ, yeah, you know, rip it all up. Yeah, just yeah. start again. Which you could, you couldn't do that in these days because because they haven't got enough people literally no. to do it. No, but I remember the worst ones were where you sort of ignored the lawyer's advice. Yes, because we had good lawyers at the Mirror. Yes. who were quite flexible. Well, well, the good the good thing about them was that they were guys that were hoping to try and get stories into the paper. That's right, as opposed just, to keeping yeah. them all out. But there was one that used to have a night lawyer who'd yeah. come in at about I don't know seven o'clock yeah. and they spend a couple of hours reading everything. Right. And and then anything that came in late, this lawyer would deal with. And I remember there was a girl, I can't remember her name. Mm. There was a young woman who I think was her first job yeah. post-graduation. Right. And I remember her coming over at about nine o'clock if she just read in. And she was reading the sports stories as well for some reason. Right. And she came over and said, we've got a problem on the uh, on the back page. Oh, yeah. And I said, really, what is it? Because it was like a match report. Right. And I, she said, uh, well, it says here that Alan Shearer scored a goal and he says it was a fluke mm. and uh, how can we prove that it was a fluke <laughs> and that he didn't mean to do it like that right and i said I, I, well we can't she said well it's it's defamatory then if he did mean it right and but he oh, we dear. said he fluked it and he was like oh 
God. That's not that's not good, is it? No. No, I mean I know what you mean. We we when I was in Scotland, we had we had two or three lawyers who would always be basically over at the Daily Record, but they you know yeah. a couple of them were great. One of them was was like that. It was just a yeah. real sort of curmudgeon pedant, a pedant, yeah. and and would and I remember having a conversation with him once on the phone because he wasn't around yeah. and. And I just was shouting down the phone. I said, look, I just want to know how I can get this in the fucking paper. That's all I want to do. I want to get it in the paper. And I said to him, I said, this conversation feels like, you know, I'm sorry if this is going to upset anybody, um, but it feels like I've been having sex with you for hours and nothing's happening. That's what it feels like. And it's starting to bore the arse off me, you know. And he was like, I've never been spoken to like that in my life, you know, because you did, you had these incredible, important decisions to make. Um, Well, my famous one was with Steve White. When yeah. um, when we first launched the uh, the mirror in Wales, right? Because um, the first, I mean, that that started very inauspiciously because we'd been working on this paper for you know like for months, right? Secret men, secret squad of uh, news reporters yeah. and Steve White down in Cardiff. We've been buying up all sorts of people like Jonathan Davis was writing a column and all that. And then literally we were due to go off stone. It was another Friday night, first ever paper, and the bomb went off in Soho. Right. You know, at six forty-five. Yeah, 45, yeah. fifteen what, the, minutes. The one in the gay bar. Yeah, the gay in, in Old Compton Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Admiral Duncan, and there were there were people dead, and yeah. it was like, well, what are we going to do? Yeah. And uh, Steve said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, well what are we going to do?" He said, "Well, you're you're the editor." Yeah. He said, "You decide." And I'm like, "Oh shit!" And suddenly, I had to make the decision to yeah. to, to to go with it. What but did we, you do? You went with it. We went with it, but we couldn't we couldn't wait yeah. for the main edition. Yeah. So we had to do our own version. Right. Which was quite... And what was the doubt in your mind? That Would anyone in Wales care? Well, it wasn't so much that. It was the, the first doubt in my mind was the fact that, that we had this new product, which I was literally... Which we'd been working on for, for weeks. It was yeah. now going to rip up completely yeah. Yeah. because of this oh, new story, yeah. right? The other one, right, was when we had a story about one of the Welsh snooker players. I can't remember what his name was, but the sort of tall, lanky one, I think. Mark yeah. somebody, was it? Don't know. Mark, anyway. Not my game. Um... Mark, Mark Evans or something? I can't remember. Anyway, he was in the final of the World Snooker Championship and it turned out that his grandfather had just died, right? right. Um, and he didn't know that his grandfather had died. Oh, no. And so the question was whether we published the story on the morning of his final game. Oh, no, yeah. And again, I said to Steve, well, what do you, what do you think? He said, it doesn't matter what I think, mate. Because he was brilliant. We, 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 people should know he was one of the consummate kind of news gatherers. He was, it's super, it's, I think I mean, he still is. He it? probably still is. I, I mean, he was basically can. in charge of the Manchester desk, but but yeah. we used to go brilliant everywhere. Guy. He used to come down to London and cover for people. Brilliant guy. And he had he had no side to him. No. Every story was based on its merits. He, he had yeah. no literally no bias of any kind. Yeah. It was just a great story. I seem to remember he used to smoke in a sort of de- yes, right. in a kind of Dickensian way. He did, way, and he was of... quite sort of he wore kind of cufflinks as well, yeah. didn't he? He was yeah. quite it was well Very turned out. Yes. And he just was like, "Well, it's a great story." Yeah. I said, yeah, "But what if? What if? You know, he, he doesn't. He doesn't know his own grandfather's died. Yeah. What if he, he upsets you... him so much that he loses the game? And yeah. he'll then he's, he said, what well, did you do? we went with it.' Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did he get on? Do you know, um, I can't remember. Because, no. but basically, he said, "Well, it's your job. It's your job." <laughs> he said, "It's not my job." It's not my job to decide. Yeah. He said, it's your job. You get the big bucks for. Yeah, it was great. And I mean, and I learned a lot, actually, because yeah. until that time, I'd never been in charge of anything properly. I mean, I'd been in charge, I'd been in charge of, a, of, a, of a productions unit and I'd been yeah. a night editor and I'd been a foreign editor, but I was never the guy that had to make the final decision. Yeah. I was always able to go to somebody and say, what do you want to do? See, I got used to that at quite a young age. I was yeah. about 26 and I was a late night editor. Right. And so I was making all these... Yeah. 
you know, this, and you would and you could do them without also, asking anyone. It was the edition that I was changing was the edition that would be on sale in London. So it was the one everyone saw. Yeah, you know, it was the last edition. Right, and uh, I used to love it. I used to love it. But I remember my biggest fear wasn't printing a story and getting the story wrong. My biggest fear was missing a story. Yeah, you know, and and just one of the others getting a you know an obvious story. Yeah, and I remember um, there used to be a guy called. Um, he might have worked with you. What was his name? Kevin. Um, he was like my deputy when I was late night editor. Kevin. He uh, went to Ireland in the end. I think he's there. Is he? Yeah. Anyway, so this guy, Kevin, um, was was a very ambitious guy yeah. like me. And right. Kelvin McKenzie was managing editor at the time. Right. And uh, and he used was to... that at the time when he did away with all the paper. Yes. Because he had paperless... He had a paper, paper paperless, office. Yeah, because I remember going over yeah. to learn about how the new picture system worked. Yeah. And Craig McKenzie was there, and he was going to yeah. give me a sort of tutorial, basically, yeah. on how it all worked. Yeah. And it was absolutely <laughs> hilariously hopeless, because he had no idea. And I said, why don't you print them out on it? Because we still had, at yeah. the Express, we still had the old, um, you know, the picture editor would come over with the prints. Yeah. And you'd throw them in the bin, or you'd go, yeah. you know, you go through the whole rigmarole of looking at pictures. Yeah. And now we were supposed to do it all on the screen. I mean, it seems ridiculous yeah, now. No, it's not. But then it was like, why am I looking at it on a screen? <laughs> I can't tell how good it is. Well, when when at this time, the, uh, Kelvin was in the habit of phoning up at about eleven o'clock. Yeah. Piers was still the editor. Right. It was a very awkward situation. Yeah. Kelvin would tell me to do something. Right. And then I'd have to phone Piers right. and say, "Look, Kelvin's been on the phone. Right. He says that we've got the rooms gone. Yeah. It was horrible. Piers right. would say, "All right, I'll phone him or tell him to right. bugger off or whatever." But so he phoned and I. There was a, another fellow called Dave Jelly. Remember I Dave? remember Dave Jelly, yeah. And Dave, uh, when Dave was deputising for me, right. he would he would sometimes say take the approach to say to Kelvin, Kelvin say, you know, what's going on? And Jelly would say, nothing, Kelvin, it's all quiet. Yeah. What? Nothing's going on the whole fucking world. <laughs> nothing. Maybe we should splash on that then, shall we? Uh. Nothing fucking happened yesterday, <laughs> right? So, so I discovered the trick with Kelvin was right. just to keep him entertained. Yeah. So it felt, what, what's going on? So he said, Wolves are beating Berry 3-0. They're right. not, are they? You know? right. And you'd read off right. PA. And just, and just distract just talk, him. Yeah, know? yeah. But I remember uh, we'd gone out to Chili's, the, the hamburger oh, yeah. place across the, the uh, place in uh, Canary Wharf. Right. And um, and Kevin had taken over. Right. His surname. I can't remember Kevin. Furbank. Kevin Furbank. Oh, yes, of yeah. course. Yeah, I remember Furby. him, yeah. And... Um, uh, and on the way back, we'd had a few. He was beers. a doer kind of personality, yeah, wasn't he? He, he was very serious. Yeah, which yeah. is which played into this wonderfully. So yes. I phoned up the night desk, and he answers the phone. Right. And I put on a Kelvin voice. So yeah, right. it's Kelvin here. What's happening? Right. And Furbank goes, nothing, Kelvin. All quiet. I'm, I, I'm in control tonight. I'm right. in charge, right? He said. <laughs> so I said, oh, that's very. Who are you, uh, Kevin Furbank here, Kelvin? I'm in charge. Yeah. I said, right. Well, what are you doing with the Rod Stewart story? Right. He says, and you could hear him going. Rod Stewart, Rod Stewart, and he's sort of whispering to something. What's the Rod Stewart story? <laughs> Panicking, and he said, uh, and then he comes back on the phone. And he says, "Sorry, Kelvin, don't quite know what the Rod Stewart story is." He said, "You don't know what the Rod Stewart story is? He's dead for Christ's sake!" And right. the phone bank all he hears, "Rod Stewart's dead." <laughs> <laughs> As we walk in, right, and uh, and much hilarity ensues. Well, this is the trouble, isn't it? I mean, one of the things that I always hated was that idea, and I think nobody really does it much anymore, the kind of April Fool story, yeah. where they'd, they'd try and sort of, you know, the news desk would try and squeeze in, the yeah. and they were so bad at it yeah. that you always knew. Yeah. And the only place I think that now still does it is, like, The Guardian, yeah. um, and maybe The Times. Do you remember well. the Nation... You might have been in the States, but do you remember when Nationwide did it, did the, um, the spaghetti cheese? I remember seeing Italy? that. Yeah, I think I was in America, but I did see that it, was yeah. super, That was super... See, that kind of thing, you yeah. can go, that's really clever. But There's nowadays... There was a spaghetti famine. Yeah, that's and, right. And they had... Italian peasants kind yeah. of picking spaghetti <laughs> off the <a> tree. <laughs>
It is. But, I mean, I suppose the point of all of it is it's amazing that you don't get more stuff wrong. Yeah. But I still go back to the beginning and say the BBC really ought to be better than that. Because yes. the BBC isn't a kind of commercial organisation which is run on a shoestring no. and where people are, you know, perhaps not as um, well backed up yeah. as they should be. I you know, because anything that ever gets people. through an entire newspaper... I remember the uh, the other great one was the, um, the Diana Princess of Wales... Uh, flogging her, her, her dresses to an auction house, yeah. which was supposed to be all for charity. And it was at the time when the Express had gone into a seven-day operation, right? Yeah. And the seven-day operation meant that I was foreign editor of the whole thing, right. except that I didn't really cover the um, the Saturday and the Sunday papers, right? Um, so, of course, we then had... And it was when Kevin O'Sullivan, actually, he actually wrote the story. I'm not going to drop him in it here, because <laughs> yeah. he was stitched up by some guy, right? Yeah. Um, but the story was that they'd got evidence to prove that she was keeping a million quid out of the sale of these dresses, right? Oh, right. And I picked up the paper on Saturday morning. What was it? No, it must have been Sunday morning. So, yeah, cause, so they had a guy called Richard Ellis, yeah, who you I might remember. Richard, yeah. um, who I think is now at The Telegraph. And he was yeah. editing the paper on the Saturday yeah. um, for the seven-day-a-week, because it was just called The Express on Sunday at this point. Yeah. So the splash was, you know, um, Diana, you know, keeps a million pounds of, you know, dress sales, something like yeah. that. And I was living in Wiltshire at the time, near where Ian Walker lived, who was the news editor. And we both went, that doesn't look right no. to me. That does not look like a story to me. Yeah. And instead of just... And then Kensington Palace issued a statement saying it was wrong, right? So we assumed that would be the end of that then. Just quietly forget about it. Yeah. You know, don't do anything else. No, that's double, not what they double did. Double downtime. Double downtime. <laughs> so... Bloody. Ellis is editing as well on the Sunday because he's yeah. doing both days. So Sunday for Monday's <laughs> paper. So Monday morning, the splash, big headline. So explain this, Diana, oh. with a picture of a receipt or, a, or an invoice, basically, that said that was from Sotheby's or something, um, which said, you know, basically they were paying her a million quid, right? Right. Which, of course, made it even worse. I think they ended up having to pay damages and everything. And um, the guy who was running the foreign desk got done. Oh, Basically, no. Kevin more or less had, had to come back from California because, you know, that was really? sort of the last... Oh, really? Bat, so where, where, where did Kevin get the Well, story? he had a tipster, right, who normally was a tipster on, on showbiz, yeah. who was fine, yeah. um, and but maybe had once or twice sort of fed him a line that wasn't entirely correct. But he had this document. Yeah. And I was then given the task of investigating what had happened. And what had happened was this guy had basically forged the document. <gasps> and given it to Kevin by oh way of a... Uh, because they'd gone back to it, because they'd said, well, you're going to have to, you know, Kensington Palace have come out and said, this is bollocks, you're going to have to get something that we can prove it's, oh it's true. Oh, God. Because his, Ellis's yeah. instincts were all wrong. Yeah. And so he produces this document. I, after about five minutes of checking, saw that it was on Sotheby's note, headed notepaper, but on uh, the crest of which had been changed four years earlier. Ah. Oh. So it was old Sotheby's no headed notepaper, which, Shit. you know, if anyone had bothered to check... Yeah. Which, Do you think there's enough fact-checking going on in journalism generally? No. No. I think nowadays, I mean, you'll have seen this in your la la latter days of the mirror, an awful lot of young reporters now look something yeah. up on Wikipedia That's and right. just assume it's true. Or see it on social and assume or see, it's yeah, true. Yeah, just assume it's true. The I, only paper I, don't think, that... I, I certainly don't think online journalism is, is checked as much as it should be. I think I might have mentioned this before, but when Pete, the New European was a new thing and people were writing mm. about it... And we got loads of coverage. But the only people who ever phoned up to check anything was the New York Times. Really? And they phoned up and they were checking the weirdest things, like mm. this street, we can't find it, what's the name of that cafe and all of this. But anybody else, you could have told them, any old bollocks yeah. and they'd have run it. Yeah. Well, I remember, I think I've told you this story before, that when I was featured as the Express and we got that great piece by um, Leslie Ann Jones had written it, 
um, from Jermaine Jackson saying, you know, I sometimes think my son, my brother Michael's a paedophile. Right. Right. I, and in the midst of all the furore around it, um, it's actually the opening chapter of my book because I got a phone call that the next morning because it had made the front page. Yeah. You know, they'd splashed it across the, the top of the page that, one. Yeah. And um, he appeared on Capital Radio to say he'd never spoken to anyone from the Daily Express and he was going to sue us for 28 million quid. Oh, my God. And I was like... I got this phone call from Philip yeah. McKennedy saying, uh, you listen to Capital Radio? I'm like, no. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Jermaine Jackson's going to sue you for 28 million. I'm like, shit. <laughs> Halfway through this whole kind of, you know, because then we have to get lawyers involved. I get a phone call from Vanity Fair, yeah. who were doing a, a cover story on Michael Jackson. And they said, we want to include this story of yours, but we need to know if it's true. <laughs> and I'm like, but of course it's <laughs> true. What do you mean? How dare you <laughs> even suggest that it's not true? And I've kind of got my both fingers yeah. crossed. It turned out. The, the story was true, yeah. and that she had interviewed him, but she hadn't told him she was a journalist. Right, right. That she had sort of nefariously right. had a conversation with him, uh, which may or may not yeah. have been quite flirtatious, in which he said all this stuff, yeah. not knowing that he, she was a journo. But a lot of celebs were very manipulative. Yes. On, from their point of view. Oh, yeah. I met, and Diana was one of the worst. Cause oh, Diana, she was incredibly manipulative. Diana used to phone up Piers Morgan yeah. and say, right, I'm going to be at the gym yeah. tonight. Uh, you know, come and, well, whenever I'll be walking there was a, outside the Chelsea yeah. Harbour gym at six o'clock. Well, and then the next day she complained to the Press Complaints Commission yes. about intrusion. Well, this is where Meghan and Harry are learning from the rule book, aren't they? Because yeah. that's precisely what they're doing. Do you know, I've been getting angrier and angrier and angrier about that. Have you? I, I have. What about them suing? No, about uh, no about Harry. What about that line? Him saying that one day we hope to be financially sustainable yeah, yeah. on our own, and he's got thirty-four million yeah, quid in the bank. How ridiculous how is that? How dare he I know. talk like that? He's got the only reason he's got. Also, all how that dare money they? Oh, the how dare they tell us that they're vulnerable people? Yeah. I mean, it's shocking, really. I mean, I don't... Listen, if Megan... I don't blame Megan, by the way, for saying, I'm, I want to get the hell out of here. Well, except it turns out now, according to the papers of the weekend, that the Queen apparently offered them both yeah. a way out before the wedding. Yeah. And said, look, if you don't fancy being part of the main royal family, yeah. we can sort you out on that. Yeah. And they said, no, 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 we want to be part of it, we want to do this, that and the other. Yeah. You know, they could have they taken a step back earlier. I mean, look, I respect their right to say, oh, we want to lead our lives like, like this. But don't tell me that you still need money from the Duchy of Lancaster no. to, to get by no. when you've got 34 million And also, don't quid. tell me that the Duchy of Lancaster shouldn't be paying any tax. Exactly. I mean, I'm getting arguments with people on Twitter. They're going, oh, but it's a, you know, it's a trust that's been set up for centuries. Well, no, it hasn't. Why should he get... Well, anyway, not, who cares? I mean, I have to pay tax yeah. on my company. He's got a profitable company, yeah. called happens to be called the Duchy of Cornwall. Yeah. He makes a fortune out of it, and he volunteers to pay some tax. Well, that's nice. Well, Marvellous, isn't it? Listen, Harry... If he wasn't born into the royal family, would just be any old tosser, yeah. right? Because that, you know, Meghan Markle wouldn't be coming anywhere near him. You can tell, you can yeah, exactly right. You know. So, so everything he's got is because of that, yeah. accident of birth, of course. And now he's, you know, we're all meant to feel sorry for him. Well, does it, I, mean, I would, I would accept it more if he went to give all the money up, right? Yeah, and and said, look, I'm going to give all this money to charity yeah. because there are people who need it more than I do. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go and live in a, in a two up, two down yeah. in Toronto. Uh, with yeah. Meghan Markle, who's quite well off on her own, she's got about three or four million quid. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll take it from there. We'll be fine, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. And here's all the rest of the money back. The self entitlement oh. is just awful. I my prediction then within my lifetime, okay. I'm fifty. I hope I live to 
80 odd yeah within my lifetime the the monarchy will cease to exist in the yes UK. i think there's a very good chance that when the queen dies yeah that it all kind of falls a apart little change because look at prince charles last week appearing with greta thunderbird you know in <laughs> davos right having flown there on a private jet to tell us we should all be paying more tax i know piss off mate yeah and then he goes to visit the palestinian territories uh, in the same month that we were all told the royals are not supposed to be political. Yeah. What's going on? No. It's I don't fancy control. Charles. I don't care what any of them got to say. No. They're all inbred, like, <laughs> you know, they're inbred, like, mediocre. Yeah, I mean, I think the Queen has done a fantastic job. Yeah. But beyond that, nah, I'm not interested. Prince Andrew, Princess Anne, she can get stuffed. Yeah. I'm not a fan of hers. We finally agreed on something. William, not... Nah, William's all right, but so what? Rides a Ducati, that's the only so thing what? I can think of him positively yeah I Kate mean, Middleton we've had done her before although like, she's at least doing her job yes and, I know but you know why should anyone doff their cap to, to that and I then know. Harry gets stuffed mate yeah Honestly. I agree and Archie I mean God knows where he's going to end up Christ you know overprivileged well let's not damn him before he's got a chance but <laughs> no. we'll, we'll save that one for but listen years we've time. agreed finally on something so that's the end of the thought for yes. us um, but don't worry we'll do another one on Thursday when we won't agree <laughs> And on the way back, we'd had a few He was beers. a doer kind of personality, yes, wasn't he? he, he was very serious, yeah, which, yeah. Is, which played into this wonderfully. So yes. I phoned up the night desk, and he answers the phone. Right. And I put on a Kelvin voice. So, right. Yeah, it's Kelvin here. What's happening? Right. And Furbank goes, nothing, Kelvin, all quiet. I'm uh, I'm in control tonight. I'm right. in charge, right? He said. <laughs> so I said, oh, that's very, who are you? Uh, Kevin Furbank here, Kelvin. I'm in charge. Yeah. I said, right, well, what are you doing with the Rod Stewart story? Right. He says, and you could hear him going, Rod Stewart, and he sort of whispered to some, What's the Rod Stewart story? <laughs> Panicking. And he said, uh, And then he comes back on the phone and he says, Sorry, Kelvin, don't quite know what the Rod Stewart story is. He said, You don't know what the Rod Stewart story is? He's dead for Christ's sake. And right. the third bank phone, all you hear is, Rod Stewart's dead! <laughs> <laughs> As we walk in. Right. He appeared on Capital Radio. So he'd never spoken to anyone from Daily Express and he was going to sue us for 28 million quid. Oh, my God. And I was like, I got this phone call from Philip yeah. Kennedy saying, uh, you listen to Capital Radio? I'm like, no. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Jermaine Jackson's going to sue you for 28 million. I'm like, shit. <laughs> Halfway through this whole kind of, you know, because then we have to get lawyers involved. I get a phone call from Vanity Fair yeah. who were doing a, a cover story on Michael Jackson and they said, we want to include this story of yours, but we need to know if it's true. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, but of course it's how true. What do you mean? How dare you? Even suggested it's not true. And I've kind of got my both fingers yeah. crossed. It turned out that the story was true yeah. and that she had interviewed him, but she hadn't told him she was a journalist. Right, right. If anybody wants to know the answer to the question, what, what are the three benefits of Brexit, you know, you know, basically, they are these. I'm not going to have to listen to you anymore. Yeah. I'm not going to have to talk to you anymore. <laughs> and I'm not going to have to argue with you anymore. I thought you That's were it. 